Hello and welcome to Gatsby Fridays, a show about getting the best out of a creative life from two creative directors working around the world and based in New York City. I'm your host, Sarah Semi. And I'm Alex Chimilio. Today, we discuss how the notion of the creative genius is changing. No longer are we accepting the tyrannical rule of the tortured artist. We talk about how we struggle with the perceived stereotype in our own professional lives and take a deep dive into our own process. I'm Sarah. And I'm Alex. And And this this is Gatsby Gatsby Fridays. Alex, before we get into our conversation, let's do our check-in. How are you and what are you wearing? I feel good. I am relieved that I made it to the studio today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been... And yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling that this is a a topic that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and this is the perfect opportunity for that. I am wearing um, a linen shirt because linen is pretty much the only fabric I think I can tolerate on my skin at this time of year. Uh, light wash blue jeans and white sneakers. My summer suit, I think. Huh. How are you and what are you wearing? I'm good. I'm a little tired from all the work, um, but excited to be here. I am wearing a black tank top-ish top, linen-ish fabric, denim, and some, um, I don't know, I guess summer cushy flip-flops that are not like, you know, not your rubber beach flip-flops. Has has more give. It has cush, cushiony bottom and then it has a cushiony bow on top, so it looks a little bit better. But it was too hot. Even though I don't like wearing sandals in the Lower East Side because it's gross here. I was about to say, like, how how do you wear flip flops and uh, on a yeah, city street oh, you know here, what? especially New York yeah. City street? Well, especially in the Lower East Side, but no, specifically I mean, in the Lower East Side, yeah. I cannot like squeeze my feet into things. I hate wearing socks. I hate wearing shoes. <laughs> So, you I know, I always hate wearing socks. Yeah, I do. I really hate I it. I know, I know. I bought I bought canvas sneakers just for the sake of the summer breeze, and they're so uncomfortable. I have to cushion the insides with socks, which pisses me off because that was the whole point is to like have canvas things that could breathe. Can't you get an insole? No, the inside, the whole inside is rough. Oh, yeah, okay. It's anyway, so personally. Yes, flip-flops was the only way because it's too hot and feet need to be like wild and free. <laughs> so Alex, what is this negative stereotype of the creative genius that we're talking about today? Okay, so you've seen this stereotype play out in movies like Devil Wears Prada or any movie that has this tortured, tortured genius uh, personality type. A Star is Born. A Star is Born. I mean, there's so, many, there's so many interpretations of what this is in any discipline of the art profession, the music profession, and so on. In our professional lives, we, there is this tortured genius persona that is something that I think we're starting to move away from. A nightmare to work with, to collaborate with. Yes. Disagreeable because they think that they're better because they are the talent. And they and they bring something that no one else can bring to the table. And we have to kowtow to them 
because they're the, this type of personality. But also there's the internal struggle. The creative output comes from that internal struggle. So then their eccentrics are justified in a way and then they revel in it because that's how they find their voice. Yes. We touch on this on and off across all our past seasons in different contexts, but I think there was an article in the New York Times that talked about how this like um, drug and alcohol infused like creative stereotype is no longer welcome, like recently in the past couple months. And um, and I thought maybe it's an it's a good opportunity to really focus on getting deeper into why we enable these personas to act the way they are or how we ourselves can at moments struggle with this inner demon that you have to like you have to fight this darkness to come out with certain things like creative work comes out of my bones like it doesn't it doesn't just i'm not like oh yeah let me just create and it's like so easy even the simplest task sometimes is excruciating to bring out. The process is super personal. It's super personal. Even if it's just a marketing one sheet, it's still, it's still an internal process. It's and I think part of what the earlier generations reveled in was this uh, this particular New York Times article. Obviously, focuses on Hemingway and and Fitzgerald and their um, substance abuse problems, but. John I Cheever. think maybe all of these, um, it was interesting because that does play a role in, you know, in numbing the pain of getting things out. But then also it, it is, it's detrimental to how you carry yourself in society. So it's, it's an interesting subject and it's no longer welcome in any circle as much. But we still deal with that and we also deal with that stigma of being creatives, especially when I'm dealing with non-creative industries that I'm serving, like obviously not in the, in the substance abuse aspect, but like, do you have an office? Are you working out of your pajamas? And this came out before COVID. So now it's a little bit more acceptable, but before COVID it was like, oh yes, I do, I do have an office at a WeWork space. Oh, that's good. Like it was almost like legitimizing that I'm not a crazy artist yes. stereotype. So we carry that a lot and it's it's centuries old stereotype that we still have to deal with today. It is. It's something that, like you said before, that it's maybe turning a curve, but this has always existed. This notion of this tortured artist, this tortured genius, and how it really affects us, especially because we are professional creatives. And how we move through the world, people have to be able to rely on us. They have to be able to know that there are deliverables that we can have in place when a project is done or when you're working on something. And there seems to be a discrepancy between being that person and also being legitimized as a talent. And that's a weird thing. Like, it's so crazy that if you're a talent, it's tolerated. And I think of like... I mean, talent in what context? Like even, you know, creative directors in a small agency, they can be all batshit crazy that they can be. And it's, oh yeah, but but he's... he's but they're the talent. But he's the creative genius behind everything. Yes. And But that's not okay. But it's also the chicken or the egg. Are they acting that way because they're the talent or are they acting like they because the talent 
the creative output is such a torturous process that that's how they release it that's how they carry themselves in society like or are they reveling in it there's all these different questions it's not like it's not as black and white as saying well you're creative don't be an asshole yeah yeah i agree i think you can't be you can't we've turned to, i feel also, we are creatives of a certain age, and I feel like I don't know if we walk into another environment if we will find those types of personalities. I think we're we're wise enough to know what to look for, what the red flags are. And what but to it, avoid. And what to avoid. <laughs> but if you're a young person going into a creative field, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And also, like, in, in our generation coming up as a young person, like, the, the, the example set forward was all these, like, crazy, obnoxious leaders that we were, we had to pay our dues under them. Yes. And, you know, like... And it's left a very skewed perspective because now we are people who are in those positions now. And I know for myself, I've learned not to... Because that type of a personality doesn't foster inclusion and it doesn't foster people getting together to work on something. And it's not it's not conducive to, I think, the the bottom line of what companies need to accomplish now. I think we're we're all getting wiser. Yeah. I mean, even as an I mean, even if it's not from a commercial creative career perspective, like as an artist. We've seen all the artists that are that have succumbed to substance abuse, that have you know destroyed themselves because they lost and like there's all these horror stories like for years that we followed that they were in in impossible to work with. Yes. So then they lost gigs, they lost opportunities because there's always someone else that's nicer than you that's going to work and maybe it's not going to be what you provide, but you know. Yes, talent is hard to come by, but it's also not that hard to come by. There's always some young, young, hungry person that may not be such a difficult personality to work with. But it's again, like I think it's there's this like chicken or the egg issue where are you difficult because you're the creative, or are you difficult because you want that to be your edge? Like the creative process is torturous. It is, and yes. and you know. For, and it also kind of goes to that whole like substance abuse problem is because sometimes that painful process, you need to maybe release things mentally. Maybe you need the the process to be not so painful so it flows maybe out. Maybe numb a little just to kind of yeah, keep it in check. Yeah, certain things a little bit so that you can focus on the output and not that. But that's obviously a very slippery slope. That's not something you can rely on. Um, but... You know, there's, that's what I mean. Like, it's a, it's a chicken or the egg. Like, you can't be this or that. Like, it's not as simple as saying, well, you're a creative and be nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we should all be nice we at all times. Nice. We should it's all just, strive to it, it's such be a, kind it's such to one another. It's a difficult yeah. thing to, like, really get deep into because, like, our experiences have been in more of a professional when I say professional, commercial, creative setting, but even if you're the artist that's going to have a solo show in a gallery, like you, you have to produce the work, whatever it takes, you produce your work. But see, but no that's judgment. the thing, that type of an art artist who is still a professional doesn't work with a big, or sometimes cannot need to work with a big team. It's, it's, the, own, it's the own internalized struggle. 
that yeah. they're faced with. And not to negate them as artists, like fine artists, because we all still struggle with that internal desire to be good at what we do, but also to produce something that's from the heart. That but really that's not that simple. Like, just I'm not talking about like this solo painter and his yeah, so, only I'm solo. I'm saying like you know what you your your creative fine art output is installations. You can only do so much of that by yourself. You need a team. Mm-hmm. Every artist, every artist has 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 people apprentices in their studios picking up the legwork so they can actually focus on the bigger picture of the creativity. You get to a certain point in your career. If you're a nightmare to work with then you know the quality of apprentice that you get is going to be lower or there's it's it's just always this like revolving door of like be nice but also like you know don't compromise your creativity but also your creativity comes from a really like internal place and it and it's all growing pains nothing comes out without some sort of struggle yes and sometimes that struggle is harder for people um sometimes it's not um and obviously, like this veers on the conversation of mental health, and and it's not like I don't want to make assumptions or you know make a call on like what I know is better. I don't know. I'm not a mental health professional, but I also know that as a creative person who has had bouts of anxiety and depressive moments, that creative process is such a personal, internal struggle. Yes, and. That just that's 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 not a stereotype. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. How you manage that and how you carry yourself in front of other people, I think, is the thing that we should talk about. When we get back, we will continue our conversation. This is Gatsby Fridays. So, Alex, as artists ourselves, how do we not perpetuate this stereotype? Well, we've talked about what makes the stereotype prevalent in our society, in our profession. We've talked about dealing with this type of personality. I actually want to backtrack just a little to talk about personal personal experiences dealing with the burden of why it is that we feel this way as creatives. Mm-hmm. I know that there it's not so much as an imposter syndrome. It's, it's truly the burden of creativity. Going through life, knowing that you have this, this desire to do things that some may not understand. And how do we manifest that in a positive way to not only move through society, but also be professionals in the careers that we decide to get into. And that is something that I always struggle with myself to make sure that which which I feel like I've been doing well because I am a professional yeah. <laughs> working in the, working in the arts. So I think I've I've, I've done that well. Um, what I do to kind of not perpetuate that is it, it, to me it's a simple thing. It's kind of you reap what you sow, and I don't want to put it in such dire biblical terms, but you put out there what you want in your life. At least I do. And I want I want more positive, loving experiences in my life, and more, prof- even more professional experiences that have. This may not be a but like more propensity for collaboration, for more positive collaboration. Like I feel like more effective collaboration, more, more yes, like a more synchronized, successful collaboration. More positive, successful collaborations. I mean, I I think I yeah. could do better than that, but. 
and that's what I look for, and that's what I hope that I want to put out there. And also, you know, not to be ashamed with being a creative person in in the world. And and I think there are more opportunities to find help. You find you have shame in being a creative person. Sometimes, yeah, we talked about that earlier. Like like the whole notion of of people not understanding your creative my own personal creativity and how I need to do this to manifest the things that I want into this world. How it is blood, sweat, and tears that brings it forth and brings it out there. A lot of people don't live that way. You know, most they, people don't. Yeah, That's most people that don't. That is so, the entire burden of creativity. I, I, I agree with that. I, I look at my friends sometimes. They have lovely people. They have full careers, but, you know, they're not always on this, like, on this path to the next project I'm going to create and where my mind is going. And, you know, he goes to work, he does his job, he comes home, and he's he's a creative person too, you know? like, But it doesn't have this, like, I have to do things drive. Maybe it's not even a drive. Maybe it's not the right word, but, like, this, it's a calling, I guess, um, this, more than a drive. This innate like, need. This, yes, innate need, even better. Um, well side I, that's that's that innate need is sometimes really painful because i wish i didn't have it i wish i could just live a more peaceful life sometimes <laughs> i don't want it but then that doesn't you. like i like especially in my career and i'm like looking at it and i'm like why why do i why does every like why do i have to be doing these things why do i have this need to do do these you feel things? that that need is bigger than you yeah it's it's out of my control and and sometimes i'm like well i didn't ask for this yeah but also, again, that's, that's part of this whole uh, people who are not creative will never understand it. People who are not creative, which is also, you know, like there's a lot of creative people in the world, but not all, all have this kind of calling, I guess, that, that this need. So then when you're not understood, you get more frustrated. And part of that drama, I think the, the, the egotistical stereotype that we're talking about as part of it as well you don't understand it so i can sell you anything you don't understand it so i can be whatever i want or you never understood me so what do you care what i'm at you don't get me anyways there's all of these like reasonings behind it i could see that like make sense but i also i don't want to live in that negative energy myself because yeah. that does not none of those like the three things that I just blurted out is out of probably so many more scenarios they come up with are constructive or forward building. I I want to be in a creative world where, I mean, yes, there's always going to be some naysayer out there, but that my presence is appreciated and you can't get along with everybody, but also you have to be a nice person. Kind of like what you're saying that like I want to I want to create the life that I want to surround myself with with this energy, and that's I think that's where we can just acknowledge that we are different. There are certain struggles if they don't if we're not understood that's different. But I don't also have to explain myself. I can just be nice. I enjoy I enjoy the collaborating with people and I enjoy the positive collaboration and I most importantly enjoy collaborations that that deal with making sure we get the most authentic version of of who we are out there in the world and i and i feel like oftentimes this t notion of the of this tortured creative artist is kind of gets in the way gets in the way of that yeah, yeah.
And now for our favorite part of this and every episode, our signature cocktail. Sarah, we thought about this. We were, we were, it was down to the wire, and we were trying to figure out what would be a great drink for being the burden of creativity. What did we come up? What did you come up with? So we, something that's a little bit more um, uh, speculative. Is it what if these calculated? It's it's a little bit more like open ended. Open ended. The artist's way. Yes, I like it. Because it's the way that we live. And um, so a little bit of research and, you know, it's always comes down to still the things we carry from those old stereotypes of Hemingway and Fitzgerald, like rum or whiskey. And um, since this month is mine, I, of course, went with rum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted it's, it's, it's a rum alcohol. It's a rum and pineapple based thing, but it's got some interesting twists to it. Um, so it's two parts rum, one part Ancha Reyes chile liqueur. This is something I discovered recently, and I'm trying to experiment with it a little bit. It's, it's a, it's, it comes out of Mexico. There's two kinds. This is the classic one, the, the one with um, the darker chilies. Uh, one part lime juice and one and a half part pineapple juice. This makes it sweet, and then we add a splash of hibiscus tea. Yeah. Hibiscus yes. is so tart that it's just, it kind of like balances out the sweet of the rum and the pineapple along with the lime. So I think it's just kind of, it's got this like, you know, again, Hemingway's spirit, not that we want that stereotype to be perpetuated, but I like the idea of it's called an artist's way. I feel like I want to be drinking this while wearing a linen shirt on a big wicker chair. Yes, on a patio where there's a fan yes. it's humid oh. and you're contemplating your next creative endeavor and what could it be? What is the meaning of life? Oh my goodness, the sounds, I want to be there. Thank you for hanging with us. For a list of resources mentioned in this week's episode, go to our site, GatsbyFridays.com. You can find the recipe for The Artist's Way on the website, GatsbyFridays.com. For show notes or if you want to leave a comment or suggest a show topic, get at us at Gatsby Fridays. Don't forget to rate us. Give us five stars and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get in front of more ears and build our audience. Or if you're a Spotify person, make sure you follow Gatsby Fridays. Till next week, stay with us. This This is is Gatsby Gatsby Fridays. Fridays.